Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host as always. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come listen to these podcasts again for the, I don't know how many months it's been in a row. Where analytics have come back and we still are experiencing over 300,000 unique listens per month of our various podcasts. And again, we have hundreds of them available on Spreaker, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, um, Deezer, any of your popular listening platforms for podcasts, we're going to be there. Now, I use Spotify for mine, but you can use whatever you want. We're available on all of them. So, you know, you can listen to them at your leisure, in the car, on the job site. But you can also listen to our podcasts over on our YouTube channel. If, I don't know if you knew that or not, but over on the YouTube channel, just as youtube.com forward slash master the NEC, we have a playlist. And the playlist is going to be breaking our episodes down. And if you want to listen to pure podcasts, then you can click on the podcast playlist. Um, but again, you can just kind of search through all of our, we have videos as well as podcasts all intermingled in there because I share my podcasts on there as well. Because some people just like to listen to the podcasts on the YouTube platform. Okay, so we make that available to everybody. Um, now, before we even get started in tonight's episode, again, talking with outlet boxes for ceiling fans and some of the changes that took place in the 2020 to kind of get some understanding of what's changed a little bit because I get this question a lot. We want to run our commercial for our sponsor. Our sponsor is Electrician Pride and that's the location where you can get all of your swag, your t-shirts and and mugs and phone cases. Well, let me go on and run the commercial and then we'll get back to the to the current episode and we'll get started. Today's show is sponsored by electricianpride.com, your one-stop shop for electrician-specific t-shirts, hoodies, phone cases, mugs, die-cut stickers, leggings, and so much more. Featuring unique designs for electricians, journeymen, and master electricians, as well as electrical engineers and electrical inspectors. For more information on all the products that are available, visit us at www. Dot electricianpride.com today. All right. So again, thank you to our partner, electricianpride.com. Has all of the designs that I create uh, for master electricians, journeymen, electrical engineers, electrical inspectors. Just a little bit of everything. Got Skull Mafia. Got a 
great graphics over there for you. You can get them on about anything, so check it out. All right, so let's talk about tonight's episode. Supporting ceiling suspended paddle fans. This is an extremely important issue because I know that I get from time to time emails from people that say, what is your opinion, Paul, on going on a service call and you're being asked, maybe it's not a service call, they're calling you to install a ceiling fan in a bedroom and you get there and you and you look up there and you see a luminaire there. Probably just one of the cheap builder's grade type of luminaires uh, that you get at a, at a Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that. And you take it down and you look and you notice that that box is not designed to support a ceiling fan. What do you do? Okay, at that point you're sitting there thinking, hmm, what do I do? Well, what you should do is make it right. Okay, so if you're lucky, if you're on the second floor, then you can get access to an attic maybe and then you can get in. Or they do make it where you pull that box down. They do have the retro kit style where you have the twist outs and it embeds itself into the ceiling joist. And again, that's typically called an outlet box system, uh, but you can get that um, and put that in, but that's what you should do. You should not just look to the left, look to the right, and then just install the ceiling fan and run because all you're doing is that ceiling fan has a certain amount of actual weight. And there's a twisting motion, there's the actual gravitational force that's on that, and you have the vibration of the blades if it's not balanced properly, and most of them will not be. All of this can lead to dangerous situation. The situation can be, I think I said situation, did I say that right? The dangerous situation where the ceiling fan can literally strip out and fall down on somebody. Now, I have heard occasions where this has happened, And I heard of a couple where they actually fell down onto a baby's crib. And the only thing that kept it from hitting the baby is the width of the blades uh, were wider than the top of the crib. And it kind of blocked its fall. Uh, And the blades didn't snap, so it kind of sprang and bounced off. And again, lucky for them. Okay, So don't take that liability into your hands by doing that type of stuff. There are ways that you can make it right. But that's kind of not our topic today. Because we're going to kind of dig into what you should do from the onset uh, when you're installing uh, a a box for a ceiling fan. And we're going to cover the National Electrical Code. I'm in the 2020 edition. And we're looking at 314.27C. So if you want to follow along, grab your code book. Again, 2020 deal. And we're going to look at some of the changes. And there was a significant change from the 2017 code to the 2020 code. So this is not a code change episode. Uh, We're going to talk about the rule in itself, but there is, you know, we'll look at that change kind of so you get a better understanding of what did change, and I'll explain why. All right, so let's look at it. So if you're following along, it should be, if you have a softbound edition, it should be on page 187 in case you just want to jump right to it. And again, we're in Article 314, which is dealing with outlet device, pull, and junction box, conduit, bodies, fittings, and handholds. So let me read you C here in 314.27, which is outlet boxes, and we have item C, and it says, boxes at ceiling suspended paddle fan outlets. So that's what we're talking about. It says outlet boxes or outlet box systems. Again, that's the box with the supporting system all together, straps, everything together, used as the sole support Okay, of a ceiling suspended paddle fan shall be listed Okay, shall be marked by their manufacturer as suitable for this purpose. 
and shall not support ceiling suspended paddle fans that weigh more than 70 pounds. So we have some criteria here. If it's an outlet box or if it's an outlet box system, and we kind of briefly explained what that would, you could have a box that has a bracket system, a bar support system or whatever that allows you to adjust it over a span between, let's say, ceiling joists. However it may be, it is if it's designed as a sole support of a suspended ceiling fan, in other words, the box itself is doing the support, not any structural member, then it has to be listed and it has to be marked by the manufacturer as suitable for that specific purpose. Okay? And it can't support a weight more than 70 pounds. So that's your criteria. Now, if the outlet box or the outlet box system is designed to support fans that weigh more than 35 pounds, again, remember the rule goes up to 70 pounds, but if the box itself is being utilized for a ceiling fan that weighs more than 35 pounds, then it's also required to have the markings inside the box that will say the maximum weight to be supported. Okay, so when we talk in weight, what are we talking about? Well, you got the fan, you've got the twisting motion, you've got the gravitational forces, you've got the vibration that's taking place. Uh, all these things have to be accounted for. You also have to understand that many times they have light kits on them, and that is additional weight as well. So you have the box weight for the fan, uh, the fan itself, and then, of course, you have the additional accessories. Maybe you have a light kit that's on it as well. So you have to take all that weight into consideration, right? Now, the outlet box or the outlet box system, again, must be listed and marked as suitable for fan support. Again, that is those that are going to be the sole support of this ceiling fan, okay? You always want to check with the manufacturer and look for this, but you want to make sure that it is listed and it's marked suitable for fan support. Now, it can be non-metallic or it could be metallic, okay? I've seen both. And it must not support more than 70 pounds. So we've already established all that. And we said if it's going to be supporting more than 35 pounds, but again, not more than 70 pounds, then it has to be marked acceptable for for fan support up to 70 pounds. Why? Because 70 is the maximum, maximum of the general rule. Now, you got to remember that, again, this includes the fan and a light kit. So if they're bought separately or not part, then you know you want to make sure that you're, you're, you're thinking of both of these in your application. And both will have a weight, so, again, it should be easy to work that out. Also want to make sure you follow any of the instructions from the manufacturer, critically important. So setting all that aside, again, these rules apply to outlet boxes or outlet box systems that are going to be used as a sole support, Okay. That's what this rule we just talked about, the weights and the markings, that's what this applies to. Now, let's talk about location. There's a slight change. For those that uh, are familiar with the 2017 code, this was all wrapped around the need for a spare that was separately switched of an ungrounded conductor that was at the ceiling outlet box. And because it was there and because the box was in a location that would have been acceptable to put a ceiling fan if that was the case and I had to use a box, a, an outlet box or an outlet box system that was listed for sole support of a ceiling suspended panel fan and there was no if, ands, or buts. Well, the 2020 code kind of relaxes that a little bit and says, well, wait a minute. What, what, what if I don't want to use a box that's sole support? Can't I use a box 
that is mounted to, let's say, a ceiling joist where I'm using the actual ceiling joist as the supporting of the fan, like those slip-over boxes. And so the code came back in 2020 and said, you know what? That's been utilized forever, and it's perfectly okay. The box is not technically supporting the ceiling fan. It is the actual framing member. So you're given two options here in the 2020 code. You can use the boxes that are listed for sole support, or you can use an outlet box that complies with the normal rules of 314.27. Okay, meets all those requirements, but it's actually the ceiling fan is being supported by the structural member rather than the box itself. So the box is just adding splice space or makeup space for the conductors. It's not really supporting the luminaire, excuse me, the su- <laughs> not supporting the ceiling fan. Okay, so there's a difference. You have options now. But here at the end of the day, you're still going to have to put in some mechanism to support a ceiling suspended paddle fan, whether you use a box that's listed for sole support or you install a box that's going to allow the paddle fan to be supported from the structure rather than just the box. How you do that? Well, you're probably going to use these boxes that would slip over a 2x4 or those boxes that slip over a joist so that you actually screw up into the joist and that's what supports the weight. That would be supporting the fan from the structural component of the building. So you have two options here. Um, If it's a location where it's going to be in the middle of a joist, then I'm probably going to go with an outlet box system that is going to be designed to have a box that's designed to support the actual suspended ceiling uh, paddle fan. Why? Because there's nothing there to do anything other than to have the box supported. Whereas if I located the position at a joist, then I can use a box that's designed to slip over and the actual bolts, if you will, go up into the actual joist, and they are going to actually support the actual weight of the suspended ceiling fan. And this has been allowed forever. So the rules in the 27 made it seem like the box had to be sole supported, and it had to be listed for use uh, for supporting a paddle fan, and I really didn't have any other option. Well, that's not really how it should be. Because we've been supporting ceiling fans, for example, from framing members way longer than this rule for this sole supported type boxes that have been listed for this application. Okay, so we didn't want to remove that ability to do that. And again, the greatest example of that is the boxes that are actually um, where the box goes up. Let me give you another example. Pancake boxes. The pancake box itself is not going to support a ceiling fan. But if you put the box up and actually get the ones now that have the adequate volume, but also has the ability to have the screws or the bolts, if you will, they go up into the framing member, those are designed to support the ceiling fan. But it's not being done by the box. It's being done by the structural member. So let's look at what the code says so we get a better understanding of the context of what we're saying here. Here's what it says. It says, outlet boxes mounted in the ceiling of habitable rooms of dwelling occupancies in a location acceptable for the installation of a ceiling suspended paddle fan shall comply with one of the following, one of the following. Now, the first thing to remember, if the ceiling box is too close to the sidewall that would not facilitate a ceiling fan because of blade space limitations, then it's not required to meet this rule. If you have an angle of a ceiling that where the box is would not allow 
the ceiling fan to be installed because of the angle of the wall or the ceiling, then you would not need to have this special meeting this requirement here. Okay. Um, but again, if it's track lighting box and it's close to the sidewall, then it's obvious you couldn't use a ceiling fan there. Okay. So that's what it means when it says a location that is acceptable for the installation of a ceiling fan. So again, you have to be able to put a ceiling fan in a perspective location where the blades are not going to hit the sidewall or the angling of the, of the ceiling would prohibit the installation of it. Um, can then you're not going to be able then you don't need to use anything special. You can use a regular box because you're probably not going to put a fan there. You're probably just going to put a luminaire there. You with me? Okay. So that's, you have to look at your location. So in a one family dwelling, for example, uh, most all of the la- uh, locations in habitable rooms where, you know, I'm going to have a you know, habitable room, then the locations that's acceptable to install a ceiling suspended panel fan has to comply with either one or either one or two of this requirement, okay? Now, a couple of things that come to mind is this is not requiring you to put the out ceiling outlet box. You with me? Because as you know in the code, I'm allowed to, to switch a receptacle in most of these habitable rooms, other than kitchens and other than bathrooms. So I don't need to have a ceiling box there, but if I do put a ceiling box there and the location that I put them is acceptable for somebody to come along and put a ceiling fan there. Then I've got to meet item one or item two below. Okay. So just keep that in mind. This rule is not requiring you to put the outlet box in the ceiling. Okay. Not requiring you to do it, but if you do in these habitable rooms and it's an acceptable location that could have a ceiling fan put there, whether you want it or not, then let's say it's a dining room and it's in the middle of a dining room, and you've got it in, in you're going to put a ceiling box, then this rule's going to apply. Somebody could put a ceiling fan in there. Okay. Anyway, it's a good, good thing, too, that we now have a definition, again, because people are like, well, what the heck is a habitable room? So if you go back real quick, and I'm going to do that. Uh, let me go back and look it up so I can read it to you. Habitable room. Let me read it for you. It says, a room in a building for living, sleeping, eating, or cooking, but excluding bathrooms, toilet rooms, closets, hallways, storage, and utility spaces, and similar areas. So, my dining room example would be considered a habitable room. And so, I can see um, that you're going to have to put, if you put the bo- a light in the ceiling, which people tend to do over the uh, dining room table, then that box is going to have to meet this requirement. As long as it's not too close to the wall. And it's not going to be. It's going to be in the middle of the room, right? So anyway, I digress. So let's assume the location is acceptable. Then I have two options here. The first option is I can use a listed uh, for sole support of a ceiling suspended pedal fan box. So I I have to put a box in there that is like what we just talked about. That was listed for the use of suspending and supporting a ceiling fan. And it's listed as such, it's marked as such, and that's what it's used for. Okay, then that's fine. And that's what I would use if I had a span between choices. Now, the second option says, okay, well, I don't have to use a listed sole supporting ceiling fan box if I use an outlet box and it is applicable to 340.27 meets any of the rules. Maybe it's one for sealing outlets for a luminaire, but it meets those rules for that. But in this case... 
It provides access to structural framing capable of supporting that ceiling fan. An example was a slip-over box that slips over the joist or maybe a 2 by 4 that you cut between joists. Then that's an example of a box that is not being used by itself to support the ceiling fan. The framing member, the structural component of the building is utilizing the support of the fan. And that has been done forever. Okay, So you have two options here. Whichever you want to follow. If it falls in the middle of a span between your joists, then one's going to be your option. If the perfect layout falls directly where a 2x4 would be, or I guess I shouldn't say 2x4, where a ceiling joist would be, then I just use a box that slips over, uh, then, you're, then you're good to go. Right? Don't have to do any, anything else other than that. So just some ways to look at it. So hopefully you got something out of this, this episode um, the significant change again from 2017 was is if you had a spare conductor up there and let's say you ran a 14.3 and you had a red up there and you were switching it and it was there, then it would require you to use a sole supported box that is listed for use as a ceiling fan box to support the weight of a ceiling fan. It was marked as such and it required you to use those type of boxes. Well, under the 2020 code, it doesn't matter about the spare. It's irrelevant because a lot of fans are controlled today by remote, so you don't need to have a spare conductor there. So people are now still pulling ceiling fans in, and there's only a black and white there. So the hazard was still there of the box not being able to support the weight and falling down on people. So we're going to try to remedy that by saying, look, in all these areas in dwelling occupancies where habitable rooms where somebody somewhere down the road could put a ceiling fan in, we're going to protect the consumer. We're going to make you put a either a listed sole-supported ceiling fan box or if you have an outlet box and you can install it so that the fan itself is going to be supported by the structural framing, then we're going to let you do that. But either or, I have to do one or the other because we don't want the ceiling fans to fall down on people. And that's what the rules changes. Okay, so I like the the rules in the 2020. It allows me to do what I've done for years um, and use a box that actually is the box to give me the volume that I need to make up my splices. But the box itself is not actually supporting the actual ceiling fan. The framing member by putting in lag bolts up into the framing member is actually what supports the uh, ceiling fan, and that is a viable option. And it's been around forever, and people utilize it all the time. So I don't just have one option, and that is to use these listed ceiling fan boxes that are listed for use with paddle fans. I have other options now uh, under the 2020 NEC. Kind of clarified a little bit, all right? So hopefully you got something out of that and uh, learned what 314.27C is all about. Uh, And we covered it from pretty much head to toe. So hopefully you get something out of that. Until next time, folks, stay safe, and God bless. You've been listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul 